The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello, and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We're loaded for bear today, folks. We've got a real show for you, and I'm thinking you're going to really, really appreciate this show before it's over. We have some amazing insights that I think are hard to find other places. Before we get started, though, on our guest today, I want to just kind of give you an update on what is going on with Backpage for those of you that follow this show and follow our work at Million Kids, and I probably should back up and tell you this show is brought to you by Million Kids. And that is because more than one million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. However, the organization is simply called Million Kids, not one million kids, not a million kids, as everybody tells me. But it is simply Million Kids. And I hope you will follow us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, find Million Kids, hit like and follow us. We have an amazing media and marketing gal. She's just something else. Her name is Susie Carpenter, and she literally posts new cases about all kinds of human exploitation cases every three to four hours there on me and kids' Facebook site. The reason we do that is not just to say, oh, this is awful. It is awful. Trust me. We do it because we know that most of the people who follow us are first responders. They are people who want to be trained in the latest technologies that are happening, the latest MOs by predators, how the world is changing, and so that we can keep you up to date. This show goes to 170 countries, and we train even missionaries and uh, NGOs like Rotaries around the world. So we really appreciate the people that follow this show. We know you want real information, and that's why we're here. So I don't want to belabor it, but I do want to talk just a little bit. As many of you know, Backpage was the, the CEOs were arrested about two weeks ago, maybe three now, and they shut the site down. And there is a lot of celebrating going on about that, and I'm one of them, okay? That was the electronic auctioning of people's bodies. There was no doubt about that. However, I never once thought that was going to put an end to child sex trafficking or even adult sex trafficking because these guys aren't going to go away easy. And what we're seeing, and I just kind of want to give you a quick update, first of all, we're seeing a little more violence with the girls on the street, and that is very, very concerning. As many of you know, we run um, gift card programs where we give gift cards to undercover officers 
and it'll say right on there, this is a gift from me and kids because officers are not allowed to hand out money. But it will say, this is a gift from me and kids, and they will use that money to buy them what they need on the street. This is very important right now because I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a pimp in the world that's going to tell that girl, hey, just take the week off, baby, because Backpage is out of business and this is going to get tough. They're not saying that. They're saying, I don't care how you get that money, you get that money. And so we are seeing more violence against the girls. And it is more difficult. You're seeing an increase at the truck stops. You are seeing an increase at things like Coachella, the rock concerts. You're seeing an increase on the street. So that's a bit of a problem. We're also seeing some other companies come out and reopen. What what happened is FOSTA passed, F-O-S-T-A, last uh, week or two weeks ago in Congress. And it says that, it, and it's retroactive, it says that if you were trafficked on a website like Backpage, you can sue them. So what you saw was a mass amount of these ad sites uh, taken down temporarily as they're trying to figure out how to deal with this. So on the one hand, what you're starting to see is a lot of class action lawsuits on behalf of victims. And I had predicted this all along. The money won't end up with a victim. The money will end up with those attorneys. And that that is a concern. And now what you're starting to see is a movement in Congress to say, if this takes place in a motel, you can sue the motel. So I'm not sure where this is going to end, but we are seeing that movement go on and it and it is challenging the other thing that we're seeing is some really tacky sites set up offshore and because we can't touch them here in the u.s with our subpoenas and like that and so what you're seeing is some of the girls be more violated through their photographs and and more um you know those sites those sites they have no no ethics whatsoever and they're pretty bad. So you're starting to see some of those, and you're also starting to see some Mickey Mouse ones here in America that you can tell have no assets. They're kind of testing the waters and setting this thing up. And so you'll see some pretty bad photography and some pretty bad ads, and you can tell that there is no money behind them whatsoever, and it's like, go ahead and sue me. So we're in a changing world, folks. Uh, this is a constant fight. I never thought once when they took uh, Backpage down. And, you know, they were some bad customers. They were they literally were doing a massive amount of money laundering around the world. And, uh, you know, I'm for all for their arrest and the shutdown of it. But, you know, this is a fluid situation. It will change as we go. Well, enough about the update on Backpage. I want to get to something a heck of a lot more positive <laughs> because we have some amazing guests today. They're standing by. Uh, their names are Tyson Deaver and Sarah Polk, P-A-U-L-K. I, I never quite pronounce all that right. But Tyson and Sarah, are you on with me here? We are. Good morning, Opal, and happy birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. It's hard to believe that I've been allowed to live this long anyway, <laughs> with all my antiques. But anyway, good morning, Tyson. Good morning. So, so where are you guys located? I, I, Tyson, you're in often some wonderful lake in Texas, right? I live about an hour west of Austin. Yes, ma'am. So as I said before, I'm a West Texas country boy. So I found trees and water and I said, you know what? I think I'll stay right here. So that's what Ooh. I did. Oh, God. Well, I'm in 
ugly Southern California, but you can't pray me out of here. I love it. Even if I spent two hours <laughs> yesterday, I'm an instructor at USC. And, uh, and so it's like two and a half hours just to get into my gig over there. So Sarah, where are you located? I'm in Fort Worth in the DFW Metroplex. Oh, wow. Well, then you're kind of living my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, not uh, quite as pretty as the lake, but we still love it. That's good. Okay, we're going to talk today about Tyson's story and about a book that Tyson and Sarah wrote together. And the reason I wanted them on there is this show is an education show. It's a training show specifically for first responders, but anybody who wants to learn more about sex trafficking and social media exploitation, child pornography, and sextortion. And so I'm going to get just get started here and let Tyson tell you his story first, and then we'll come kind of come back with that. The purpose of having them on is to share, especially with people who do licensed marriage family therapy um, and also counselors and, and even survivors of sex trafficking, social workers, that you can overcome trauma. So uh, with that, Tyson, tell them your story. Sure. Yeah, it was March 11th of 2005. It was the day we got out for spring break, and I'm going to school at Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas, and uh, going to go pick up my girlfriend at the time because we're headed to the beach like most college kids do for spring break. And, you know, I'm on a two-lane road in the right-hand lane waiting on oncoming traffic, uh, waiting so that I can make a left-hand turn. And behind me is a single-cab truck, and they get tired of waiting, so they pass me on the shoulder of the road. And when they did that, I remember them getting back in front of me, but behind them came a fully loaded cement truck traveling close to 70 miles an hour. And you know, whether he didn't see me, his brakes failed, and we know that his brakes didn't fail, but he's texting and driving. Clearly he's distracted or he wouldn't hit me, but that truck hit my car from behind. And if you can picture Bigfoot, the big blue monster truck, he hit my car and went completely over the top of it. And when he did... He knocked me into oncoming traffic where I was hit again by a Nissan Xterra coming the other way. So I actually got hit twice. Wow. Still 100% conscious and trapped inside of this burning car doing everything I can to get out. And luckily for me, three guys passing by that day. Um, I like to call them my heroes. But one, one of the guys was in the single cab truck that went around me. And two more guys were driving together and saw the wreck happen. But they all come running up. And, you know, with the help of those three guys, they finally got me out of the car and once mm. they got me out, that's when I finally lost consciousness for the first time. Wow. I mean, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Is you know, in the blink of an eye, your life changed. And Absolutely. nothing you could do about it. You know, nothing. No, and it's just one of those life events. You know, Opal, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going zero miles per hour, seatbelt on, blinker on, and boom, you're hit by a cement truck and... Uh, paralyzed and, and put into a wheelchair. When did you realize you would be paralyzed for the rest of your life? You know, I, looking back on it now, um, if you know the feeling that you get like when your feet fall asleep, you kind of feels like you have needles in the bottom of your feet, you know? I have uh -huh. that in my legs 24-7. Um, so wow. I had that feeling. I remember having that, but I clearly I didn't know I was paralyzed at the time. And it, it wasn't until I was in the hospital and got out of surgeries and all that good stuff, and probably a few days after that my mom come in, we're sitting there talking, and uh, I had to ask her, I said, Mom, am I paralyzed? And, you know, I, I don't really think that I would take a whole lot back about my wreck, but that's one thing I wish I could is the fact that I put that on my mom to tell me that, yeah, you are paralyzed, Tyson. And, uh, you know, it was right then and there that 
conscious decision I had to make because, hey, they're reading me. And if I'm good, they're going to be good. If I'm not, they're not. So just try to make the best of it. Wow. Yeah, you know, I think that that is important, though, to be able to mirror that back with somebody you trust. And, I mean, they know, and they're trying to figure out how to tell you. So the fact that you were able to open up and ask them, um, you know, I think that that's part of it is being able to acknowledge out loud. It's one thing to think something, but it's important, I think, to be able to verbalize it. Absolutely. The doctor had come in and told me I was paralyzed, but I didn't believe him because, you know, doctors don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> no, that's not, <laughs> not the case at all. But, you know, I needed to hear it from somebody that I trust. And uh, my mom happened to be that person. I, I wish I hadn't have done that. Um, like I said, I wish I could take that part of it back. But, you know, can't do that. Uh, I did ask her. She told me I was paralyzed. And, you know, I made the choice right then just to, it is what it is. Can't change it. Let's make the best of it and go on. And, Opal, that's what I've tried to do. Wow. Well, folks, we're talking to Tyson Deaver. That's with a D, like David, D-E-V-E-R. Tyson Deaver and Sarah Polk. And we are going to continue this story. We're going to talk about Trauma is a Team Sport, which is their book. And we hope that you will take this message to learn how to deal with trauma in your own life. So we're up against that break, folks. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Well, hello, and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We have as our guests today Tyson Deaver and Sarah Polk, and we are talking about a book that they wrote called Trauma is a Team Sport. And this is based on the fact that one day, out of the clear blue, Tyson Deaver's life changed completely. If you've heard the first segment, you know that he was just simply setting in a streetlight, as we all do a million times in our life, and one day that it didn't end the way it normally ends. There was a large concrete truck that ran over his car, and his life changed forever. And the reason I want Tyson to share his story with you is that I know that many people listening on this show either have experienced major trauma in their life, either through sexual exploitation or or maybe a life event in their own life, or you're a licensed therapist or counselor or first responder that works with these people. So when I was talking to Sarah and Tyson, I asked them to kind of share with us, how do you ever, how do you ever start over when you've had a major traumatic experience like that? How do you overcome? Tyson, you kind of want to give us a little bit about your journey there. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, Opal, it's, it totally rocked my world. And it, when I think back on how did I recover, how, how did I do that, I think getting back to the basics for me, getting back to that foundation and figuring out who am I, what, what is normal. I mean, one of the hardest things that I had to do was figure out who I was and get comfortable in my own skin again. You know, I'm six foot tall and all of a sudden I'm three foot and hunting rolling in a wheelchair. It's a totally different world. So you know, getting back to that foundation of which I was raised on. You know, I was fortunate to have good parents. I grew up playing sports, and so those lessons you learn on the field and, you know, all those foundation builders, if you will, that's what I had to go back to. And and you start reaching for things that are familiar, that are comfortable to you, and and you're hanging on to any little bit of information that you can. And, uh, you know, it's (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's easy because it's not. I mean, it's when you would ask me it, 18, 20, or even the day of my wreck at 22 years old. Tyson, what does your life look like? You know, which way do you think your life is going to go? I would have drawn a line that was, for the most part, straight up. But you know, right now it's it's done a complete 180 and it's going the other way. And then um, it's nothing like what I had planned, but that's okay. Um, you go back to that foundation, figure out who you are, what's the new normal, and from mm-hmm. there you just start building day by day. You know, I wanted to just kind of explore that with you because all of us have experienced some sort of major loss in our life, nothing like what you're talking about, but certainly all of us have our challenges. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that I compare this to, and I don't normally talk about myself on these radio shows, uh, but a year ago I lost my husband of 44 years. And uh, one day I woke up and I'm Uh, I understand what you're saying is because all of a sudden it's like, who the heck am I? You know, I've all, I lost half my soul. And what, what I found was over the year, it's been over a year now. And what I found is it also is not a straight up recovery. You do pretty good for a couple of days and then you kind of fall back and and it's fighting the self pity, fighting the, the depression, finding the, you know, how do I find my inner strength? Uh, and like you say, who am I? Uh, I mean, you know, for 44 years, I was Mrs. Dell Singleton. All of a sudden, I'm not. And right. I still am, but I'm a, I'm a, a person alone. And 
so I I really like you to kind of I'm sure you explore that in your book Trauma is a Team Sport. Actually, maybe I'll bring Sarah in here at this point. Sarah mm-hmm. uh, did not know Tyson, as I understand it, at the time that they met, and she is an author. And a darn good one, by the way. She's no slouch. She's written for USA Today, the Wall Street Journal. She's a, a ghostwriter for New York Times bestselling authors. This girl knows what she's doing. And so, well, maybe, Sarah, why don't you jump in for a minute and, and tell us how you met uh, Tyson and what you saw in that book. And then we'll get back to the subject of how do you, t- how do you deal with these steps of overcoming this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't know Tyson at the time of his wreck. Um, we are we were both West Texas kids, but we didn't our our paths didn't cross. Um, and when uh, I took the meeting with him, I hadn't heard his story, and it was so powerful to sit on that porch and hear him tell it. Um, and actually, our moms knew each other because we we're both West Texas kids. We didn't know it, um, but our moms <laughs> were friends too. Yeah, cool. so the Texas circles they always uh, intertwine. But. One of the things that really stood out to me about his recovery was that he had this incredible commitment to moving forward. And it wasn't just him, it was his family as well. And I think I started out kind of assuming maybe he's just this eternal optimist, you know, that uh, (laughs) never sees uh, the terrible things and just refuses to look at that. And I think as I got to know him and his family better, I realized it wasn't that they didn't see the negatives. I think... I think it, for them it was that they took in all the negatives. Okay, we see what's going wrong, but the positives, even if they're less in number, are more important to us. Mm-hmm. And so they just, they just pushed forward every single day, believing that the positives what they were going to focus on and that they outweighed the negatives. Yeah. At some point, uh, and Tyson, you can jump in here, but I, my experience on this is at some point you just wake up and go, well, I have to be grateful I'm still alive. And I, so there are days in my life I just go, well, you're still alive, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Even if you don't have everything you once had, you're still alive, and that can be your starting point. And say, be grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you hit the nail on the head on that one. My parents lived in Midland at the time, and so they were six hours away when they got the news of my wreck. So they couldn't get a flight out of Midland until seven thirty that night. My wreck happened about one thirty in the afternoon. So. It wasn't until 10 o'clock when they got to the hospital, they didn't know if I was alive or dead. I mean, they can't give that information out over the phone. And so they get there, the doctor meets them at the door and says, look, you can go in and see Tyson, but he's out. He had five surgeries today to be sometime late tomorrow before he wakes up from trauma, anesthesia, and all that good stuff. But they did, and they agreed to do so. They went and came in the door, and as soon as they walked in, I woke up. And my mom, they didn't know what they were going to find. I remember her saying, the big thing to me was your life. We can deal with the rest of it, but you're alive. Let, let's go from there. And, you know, Opal, it, it's, as you were talking a little bit ago about your husband, it comes down to change, you know, and, and we as humans don't like it, but that's what these circumstances are. It's change, and, you know, we, gotta, we all deal with it differently, but that's kind of the big picture word that, that we're dealing with here, and, and that's change. Yeah, and I, I also think that you almost – sometimes almost minute by minute have to decide this can be very good or it can be very bad. You get to decide. And, uh, you know, this isn't change I wanted, but you're alive. And so you get to decide what you're going to do about it. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of things in this life that we do not have a choice in, but one thing we do have a choice in day in and day out is our attitude and you know how we respond to things. 
Yeah, I, I, you said that uh, once before when I was talking to you about I could something about I couldn't change what happened to me, but I could change how I deal with it or something like that, and it that made a real impact on me. Yeah, I mean, it's I didn't have a choice in what happened to me, but I did have a choice in how I responded to it, you know, and, and that's just kind of when when something when change happens when tragedy happens in your life, you know, I said it before, I'll say it again. You go back to that foundation and. You know, what I did have a choice in was how I was going to respond to that. And that's all up to me. That's my responsibility. And I understood that from early on. And um, it's not always easy. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat that and say it is. But, you know, it is. It's our responsibility. And you have every reason in the world to, to sit back and cry and throw in the towel and say, you know what, I just don't want to do it today. But that's not an option we have. We've got to press forward and, and make the best of what we got. Yeah, I do think that it is important, though, to verbalize your thoughts and um, also share with with other people. I, I think, uh, Sarah, I think you're probably the the genesis behind this. I'm not sure, but uh, the the book that you all put together is called "Trauma Is a Team Sport." And what I'm thinking that you're saying there is that you it really is important to surround yourself with others and then reach out of sight of yourself and communicate with them. I think that that's so important for especially survivors of sex trafficking is that, you know, you know, be willing to open up to others and say, yep, this hurts, you know. Yeah, and I think there's people who would hear Foundation who have a really hard upbringing who would say, but I don't have that. And I don't think that eliminates you from recovery. I think there's there are so many people and so many resources out there that want to walk alongside you and be in it with you and help you get through the darkness and show you that there is light on the other side. So even if that foundation for you isn't there yet, you can build one starting today. Yeah. And I think just acknowledging what you're feeling uh, so that it can disperse. I found that myself. I mean, uh, you know, you'll go through anger or you go through um you know, pain or, or feeling uh, depression. Yep. I'm feeling that, you know, okay. That's what I'm feeling. Now I get to choose what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. I remember when I was in rehab, one of the aspects, the most important aspects was, you know, you share a room with somebody else going through something similar to you. And so as you get comfortable and you're, you're starting to figure out what's this new normal, okay, this is how we do this. This is how we do that. You can ask this other person, hey, what works for you? What, what doesn't work? And you're able to talk to other people going through situations similar to yours. And there's uh-huh. no doubt about it that, that that's helpful. I mean, it's one thing to hear it from a, a therapist, and, but to talk to other people going through situations similar to yours, for me and my personal experience, helped me tremendously. You know, and when I'm on stage speaking, I talk about being a leader. One of the aspects of that is building a great team. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the successful people in this world, nobody does it alone. I mean, they yep. have a great team around them, and, and that's such an important part of it. Oh, that is so, so very true. Well, we're getting ready to come up against that break, folks. So uh, we have with us today Tyson Deaver and Sarah Polk. The book that they have is called Trauma is a Team Sport. We're going to feature it on our website, but you can also order it from them, and we're going to get deep into what's in that book in the next segment. So, and they'll also tell you how to go about ordering it. So this is Opal Singleton. The show is exploited crimes against humanity. We are coming up against that break folks. So stay with us. We'll be right back. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I am Opal Singleton, and they are absolutely right. If you want to write to me, just send it over to Opal, O-P-A-L, Opal at meandkids.org. I want to tell you, we get we get quite a bit of uh, emails from you guys and quite a bit of comments and comments on our Facebook page, and I value that a lot. One of the things that's really cool about these shows is not only are they played at 7 a.m. on Thursday morning and 7 p.m. Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, uh, Pacific Standard Time from Southern California, but they are played all over the world, and then they're archived at exploitedcrimes.com. That's exploitedcrimes.com, and when I speak, uh, we feature that on there, and you would not believe the thousands of people that go on there and read those archives and listen to them, and you can you can simply download them, you can share them, you can store them, uh, you can even get an embed code for this show and put it on your own website if you want to, so that you can provide free human trafficking training. It's not as tough as you think. If you're interested in doing that, just let me know, 
at uh, Opal at Million Kids, and we'll do that for you. So we're deep in the middle of a conversation with people that are starting to feel like real friends to me, uh, and mm-hmm. I haven't met them, but I'm, I greatly admire them, the Tyson Deaver and Sarah Polk. And uh, Tyson was in a serious accident where he was left absolutely paralyzed, and um, he was athletic and and had everything in the world set up for him. The world was his oyster, and his life changed in a moment. And we are talking about his journey of his recovery and how he dealt with that. And then, you know, we will go into the fact that he is a motivational speaker. (laughs) Trust me, if you're having a big event, you'll want to have him there, especially if it involves young kids, foster kids, at-risk kids, homeless kids, or in sex trafficking if you're dealing with survivors. This is a story that needs to be told. So Tyson and Sarah and I were talking at the break here that I really want Tyson to kind of talk a little bit about did you experience anger at the person that actually changed your life, that that caused you to um, endure this trauma for the rest of your life? Your your life, I, I want to point out something, folks, if you're not able to see this. This wasn't a instantaneous event that was over and everybody walked away and started over. This was an instantaneous event he did not welcome, didn't expect, and it changed his life forever. And the reason I want him to share that is because so many people that deal with survivors of sex trafficking or sextortion, you know, you get in these situations where another human being caused you great harm. And, you know, it is a lifetime commitment to pick up and go on with that because that person, you didn't expect them to, you didn't welcome it, but somebody caused you great harm. Tyson, how did you deal with that? It's one of the most common questions I get asked after I speak, and and that's, what was your response? Were you, were you mad at the cement truck driver? And I'm going to be 110% honest with you, Opal. I, <laughs> I was never really bitter or, or mad, And but let me say, it is okay to be mad at the person. But at the same time, on the same token, once it's over, once it's done, I mean, I, I can't say this lightly enough, it's, it's on your shoulders, you know, and for me, it would have been okay to be mad at the cement truck driver. He caused it. There's no doubt about it. Liability wasn't an issue. I mean, he hit my car and caused what happened. But once you get there to the hospital, you get through the surgeries, and, and from that point on, my attitude, the recovery, this whole response is directly on my shoulders. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to understand that. Um, and it, it's hard for people when they ask that question, well, how did you not get mad? How, how were you not sad or angry at this guy? And, you know, I think there probably at times was. There's a wide range of emotions that go on and just a lot happening. But uh, I think it's okay to be mad for a little while at, hey, this happened. But use that as motivation. Turn that anger into something positive. And mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, you're fully responsible with how you're going to respond to it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so that's what I try to do is bottle up this, this being bitter and being mad and, and, and just try to make the, the most of what I had and, you know, look at the positives. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, as you said, you know, this has happened to you. You can't change what happened to you. 
but you can change how it affects the rest of your life. And that's a decision that is a conscious decision that you have to make. And I, I bet you have to make that decision over and over and over. It's a daily battle. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that it's not. I mean, it's been 13 years since my wreck, and there's still days where I wake up today, or, or not today, but when I wake up and I'm like, God, this is, I wish I could just stand up out of bed and go get in the shower. You know, but it, yeah. it's not like that. I mean, the first thing I have to do when I wake up is I have to grab my leg with my hand and move it over. You know, it's not going to move without me doing that. And so it's that constant reminder every day that uh, I am paralyzed. And so it's a daily battle, you know, but quitting is not an option. Um, I'm not going to let it be. And, you know, you just got to keep powering through it and just go fight daily. And on top of it, as I can see from you, and I have not met you, but you work out, you do all kinds of activities, you stay healthy, you were always athletic, you didn't stop that, you decided that was a major um, probably foundation in your recovery is to continue on being the man that you know that you can be. It's extremely important to me. I mean, call it stubborn, call me hard-headed, whatever you want to call me, but uh, one of the things that was most important to me was getting back to life. You know, I ended up being a teacher and a coach for two years out of a wheelchair, which is what I was going to school to do when my wreck happened. And so that didn't stop me from reaching my dream of being a teacher and a coach. And today I, I hunt, I fish. I, I'm doing everything that I would be doing with my legs. I'm just having to do it a little bit differently. And that was such a huge, huge decision that I made early on. Um, and it goes back to that foundation, you know. I mean, it is what it is. Make the best of it and, and move on. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, I want to get over to you a little bit here. You met Tyson. You heard his story. Uh, You know, you're a professional writer at the highest level. Um, What kinds of things did you find important as you put this book together, and what's in this book? You know, when I entered the project, I, I assumed that there was one trauma, and so I thought we were going to be talking about one trauma and and that's really where the title of the book came from because we would be uh, I would be interviewing the first responders and I would interview his family and I'd find out that it wasn't all about this one center event of trauma it was lots of smaller traumas for every single person and so uh, we went and visited one of the first responders and thanked him 13 years later and he still he broke down in his office 13 years later because it's still fresh for him and so as we were writing we realized that we needed to address that it's not just the one person in the center that there's ripples of aftershocks for everyone involved. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, I mean, the, the blame game that he talks about, I, I remember we would be talking and I would almost dig too much interviewing him because I, I wanted the book to be as authentic um, reading it as he is in real life. And so I would prod him and, and ask, are you sure that there's no blame game still going on? Because this is, this is immense. This is a huge mile marker in your life. And he was very honest about, yes, it was painful, but I'm in charge of every moment after that initial one. And so that was so um, riveting to me that this man yeah. who had endured so much was moving forward so greatly and doing his you own know, heavy lifting. You know, I want to get back to something you said there in the first, Sarah, because I deal with first responders. I Yesterday, I spent the day at USC with many uh, law enforcement and fire department people and I'm an instructor at the LA Fire Training Academy, and what you said is just so real. These are amazing individuals, and one of the real keys is they have empathy. 
they're able, they care. And even though it's been 13 years since Tyson and they encounter him, one of the things that is important is when a trauma happens to an individual, there is a ripple effect. I, I see that in the sextortion cases I handle um, in the uh, social media exploitation that not only is the child traumatized, but the parents experience a similar trauma. And since we're talking with people that are also licensed therapists, it is so important that everybody in the event uh, pay attention and deal with the trauma they're experiencing. Even if it's secondary trauma, these events do not happen in a capsule, in an isolated environment. Is, is that your experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was so interesting to learn that Tyson had to learn his new normal. I mean, it was very obvious he was having to go to occupational and physical therapy to learn how to do everyday activities over again. And so his new normal was very obvious. But his mother and his father and his brothers and his roommate, I mean, they all had new normals, um, and it affected every relationship in different ways. And so mm-hmm. I think it was so impressive to, to interview them and learn that they all did that. You know, they, mm-hmm. they allowed themselves the room to have different experiences. I think that's one of the reasons they all recovered so well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably why your book is called Trauma is a Team Sport, because it isn't just the person, and, that, and I'm not minimizing the, the center of that, but I, I think about that as people who successfully recover from, in, for instance, sexual exploitation, whether you're male or female, if you've been sexually violated, everything feels like ground zero to you and that you're the only one being violated and nobody can appreciate what's happening. But I think it's important that everybody open up and that you share and that you get that support group around you and you allow others to say how that impacted them. Hmm. Yeah, and it was so interesting as we went back, to, we went to the volunteer fire department out in Buda, Texas. Um, that saved his life and thanked them. And there were a lot of them that broke down in relief because as first responders, they don't always find out if the person made it. And that, that day for them when they responded to Tyson's accident was so vivid for them uh-huh. still 13 years later. And so there was a rush of relief knowing that he was okay. That's great. That's great. When we're coming up this break, we've got a couple, three more minutes. Uh, Sarah, just kind of give us a little bit, what's some of the chapters in your book? Yeah, so the first half of the book, um, part one, is this, it's a gripping retelling of Tyson's accident and his injuries and his recovery. And we're hearing from people that are calling it gritty and electrifying, and that's a thrill for us because that was the goal. We want readers to walk through that story, to read that story, and feel like they are right there in it with him. And then part two is Tyson's playbook for how the reader can use his experience and his illustrations to overcome their own challenges in their life and make it their own. And um, I had a librarian reach out to me this week and said, um, I just had to tell you how much I love the book. And she bought her own copy. And she said, I've lent it out six times because (laughs) people keep hearing me talk about it. They want to read it. But the big praise that she kept saying over and over was, I didn't feel like I was being preached at. And that Mm -hmm. was so important to us. It's a story that draws you in, but then it sends you off with purpose and resources and a new perspective so that you can crush your own goals, so you can personalize it for yourself. I think this could be a tremendous book for group home kids, also for foster kids, for grandparents raising grandkids. 
you know, uh, anybody that's been involved in any kind of sexual exploitation. I, I, when I saw that, I thought there must be some way that we can get this in the hands of leaders that deal with these kids and begin to share it with the kids and let the kids read it, and especially high school kids because so many of them are experiencing personal trauma on different levels, uh, certainly not what happened to Tyson, but, you know, um, homes are breaking up, uh, they're in the middle of a divorce, uh, you know, somebody gets in a in a uh, date rape kind of thing. And so I think that your book is an important book for people to look at, to read, and to share for recovery. Well, folks, we're up against this break. Uh, stay with us. We've got one more segment, and we're going to talk about how you turn this into triumph. This is Opal Singleton. Stay with us. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. As they said, my name is Opal Singleton. The show is brought to you by MillionKids.org. I want to take a second out and say thank you to all the people that listen to this show, that forward the show, that send comments to me. And I especially appreciate people who donate to the show you know, I could not do this without you. I'm just one person. We got Susie Carpenter, Mona, and then a bunch of people who volunteer. We're a small organization, but we are mighty. And we have this show, and this show is meant to educate people around the world for free on how to prevent all kinds of human exploitation. And so those people who Listen to us and send us money. You can do that at millionkids.org. Just find that little donate button, and I'll personally send you a uh, thank you because I know everyone who donates. And 
as most of you know, I work for the Riverside County Sheriff Department part-time, and I am retired, so I do this 70 hours a week <laughs> anyway, but uh, anything that you donate will go to really helping keep kids safe from predators. So we have Tyson Deaver and Sarah Polk, and their book is called Trauma is a Team Sport, we're going to tell you how to get that. I'm sure you can get it at Amazon, but maybe you get it directly from them. And I'm going to put some on our website, too, because I think this is a great book. And I, I've uh, read the highlights of it, but I want to read it from front to back myself. Anyway, uh, Tyson, you have just done amazing things in your life. You're now a motivational speaker. You're a teacher. Uh, you're a co-author. And uh, so tell us, you know, what do you do if the people want to have you come out and do a speech for a large event that they're having of some kind? Uh, you know, tell me tell me how that works. Who's your audiences? Who do you like to talk to? And, you know, like that. And we'll tell them how to reach you. OK. Yeah. Anybody who's interested, you can go to my website, TysonDever.com, T-Y-S-O-N-D-E-V-E-R.com. And as far as an audience goes, I mean, yes. <laughs> if, if you need a speaker, I have a presentation for it. So my audience ranges is from middle school students all the way up to Fortune 500 companies. And I know that's a wide range, but um, that's the scope of what I do. And, you know, I get asked to, to do a lot of different things. One of the big topics I get asked to talk about is distracted driving. I'm in a wheelchair because of a distracted driver. So that te- seems to be uh, a lot of, of what I talk about. Um, but I talk about change. I talk about what is your wheelchair. We all have something that threatens to hold us back. And so, um, you know, anybody looking for a speaker, I would love the opportunity to come share my story, impact your team in a positive way, and, and really make a difference in the lives of others. I mean, that's what inspires me daily to, to do what I do, and, and uh, it's what keeps me going. I've recommended you to our local office of education because they have these annual assemblies for kids. Uh uh, believe it or not, there are 600 homeless kids right here in Riverside County in our schools. I cannot believe that. Anyway, they have these big assemblies for at-risk kids, and there's hundreds and hundreds of kids. And I think how powerful it would be for them to hear your story. But, you know, I think any kind of major conference or convention where you're you're needing a motivational speaker uh, including corporations, I mean, uh, they, ha- they have motivational events on a regular basis. Yeah, any and all. I mean, I, I, a lot of what I do is going into schools and talking to these students. You know, being a teacher and a coach for two years when I graduated from college, uh, that was kind of where my passion was. And so, you know, trying to make a difference in, in the future generations in, in these kids was something that just uh-huh. struck a chord with me. But as I evolved into more speaking and becoming a motivational speaker and I get out there, um, you know, the opportunity to speak at the corporate level and some of these Fortune 500 companies, it's such a wide range of audiences. But that's the cool thing about my story, and that's the cool thing about this book. And Sarah just did an amazing job of bringing this story to life on paper. But no matter where you come from, what you've done, where you're going, or what you're going to do, we all have times in life where you're going to have speed bumps, you're going to have adversity. And that's why this book was written. This is for everybody. I mean, you Mm -hmm. don't have to be a person who's gone through trauma to relate to this book. We all have those times where you just need a tool, you need a resource, you need something to grab onto to help you get through that tough time. And that's what this book is written for. 
Okay, and Sarah, you're a professional writer, so if you have, if we have somebody out there that wants to get a book written and doesn't know how to write, but wants mm-hmm. their to- story told, then you, that's the kind of thing you also do, right? Yeah, so I, I take on a variety of projects. Uh, a big portion of my career has been spent in business and writing for magazines, and so that's one of the ways that uh, I got into Wall Street Journal and uh, USA Today was working for this uh, newspaper issue, and so we got pushed, put in with a supplement to those uh, publications. But also I take on collaborative work, and so you can reach me at my website, sarahpalk.com, S-A-R-A-H-P-A-U-L-K.com. Okay. So the book is called uh, Trauma is a Team Sport by Tyson Deaver and authored by Sarah Polk. Uh, tell the audience here, where do they get that book? Yeah, Amazon.com. We have it in paperback, but it's also in Kindle. So if you're an e-reader fan, then that's an option for you as well. And we have dreams of doing an Audible, so we'll keep you posted on that. Okay, so it's at Amazon.com. That's right. Trauma is a team sport. Now, do you sell them directly from your websites? I don't know about that. No, we we stick with Amazon.com. They're so good at distributing that we're just going to let the pros handle the uh, the shipping. Oh, okay. Well, I'd like to get some of them and uh, promote them on my site just because that book is so important, I think, for people who are recovering from especially trauma of sexual exploitation. And uh, I just think that getting that message out as anywhere that we can would be really, really good. I think that this message is so important. You know, uh, as we deal with sexual exploitation in our business, so many times people say, well, what's the recidivism rate for someone who's been a victim of sex trafficking? And it is horrendous, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the recovery, uh, it, it's probably one of the toughest recoveries that they can, they, a person can experience in their life because it, it comes in waves and, uh, you know, it's a complex issue. And I, as I've seen your book here, I just think for so many people, I want them to be able to access it. Well, folks, we're coming up against the end of the show here. My name is Opal Singleton. You can always reach me at opal at millionkids, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. And um, if you want to try to reach Tyson Deaver and Sarah Polk and you didn't get the information, just contact me and I'll forward it on to them. But I hope this show has been really, really helpful to all of you. I'm I'm inspired by these people. I haven't met them in person, but I've talked to them a couple of times and just an amazing couple of people that really understand how to communicate and to share a very tough story. But what we really want you to take at the end of this is all of us can be victors. All of us can overcome. It isn't a straight up path. It's a process. And you'll have good days and bad days. But as Tyson has said, you can't change what happened to you, but you can change how you decide to deal with them. So Tyson and Sarah, you've just been a pleasure to have on. I appreciate you so much. And uh, we'll keep posted. If anybody wants to try to reach you or talk with you, I'll forward it on if they don't remember your information. Thank you for joining us today, folks. This book is called Trauma is a Team Sport, Tyson Deaver and Sarah Polk. Tyson and, and Sarah, thank you so much. We appreciate having you on. Thank you, Opal. Thank you so much for having us. 
Okay, folks, you have a great week. Please share the show with everyone you know. We'll see you next Thursday morning at 7 a.m. right here on a Voice America Variety Channel. What a great group of people they are. Take care, folks. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.